Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. We like our rugby and we like talking about it. Yes, it's the wrap-up, I guess. I don't know why I said that. We're joined today by, as always, Ben. Ben, how are you? Oh, hello, Adam. Um, I'm all right. I've got a bit of a blocked nose. I don't know if that's coming through on the audio, but yeah. Uh, a little bit, I guess. Matt, um, I know that your plans have been a little bit disrupted by a slushy machine burning down at a cinema near you. <laughs> This week, how are you? Not not at not at a cinnamon near me, the cinnamon near me. So let's 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 not talk like I have options. But yeah. Okay, fair um, How's it going? Yeah, I don't know what to, I was going to explain it earlier. Um, faulty electrics led to the plug going, which led to the entire slush puppy machine burning down. Which yeah, I as as the rest of you guys were expressing disbelief, I myself also couldn't believe it. But then I saw a picture, and well, yeah, it's a Black pile of melted plastic. Yeah, so that's, maybe that's, that's the room. Maybe they maybe they empty them at night. I don't know. So you're not Just doing so good. It. <laughs> so you're not, you're yeah, not doing so know. good, Matt. Ah, oh, I'm alright. I'm good, chilled. Good. And uh, for for I've... for international listeners, a slushy is a slurpy. I think they call yeah, it in other true. places. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And... My friend and Ki- uh, mm. my Kiwi mate knew, or my Kiwi friend, she knew what a slush puppy was. So. Maybe it, maybe it's maybe us and our Australian listeners and our New Zealand listeners might be on yeah. that level. Yeah, and uh, also joining, and this is the first time I've actually had been uh, had the privilege of sharing the space with is Ant. Um, how's it going, Ant? Yeah, not too bad. I think I might have caught a bit of Ben's blocked nose, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, doing well. Good. And uh, just uh, where are you based? In which province? I'm in Cape Town. Oh, okay, you're in Cape Town. Okay, so uh, but yeah. you, you and Alex, you haven't met, you haven't met face to face though. I hope in recent times. I've met Ben face to face. Only back ben, in the day. Oh, he's, back in the day. He used to be a manager of, <laughs> yeah, of my we, internal rugby team. You know. You know, we, we used to play rugby together for a bit. Then I hurt my back and I, I went into management. You know, like like an ex-player, no experience. <laughs> yeah. I just jumped right. <laughs> Well, I've got long, admin down, guys. As long as you haven't met him <laughs> since this pod started, then that qualifies, because none of us have actually met in flesh. And I'm Adam. Uh, I have a sore uh, middle finger from playing cricket earlier. Uh, I tried taking a slip catch, and I didn't get it. It just burst through my finger. So, yeah, it, it didn't go very well. But uh, not going very well, referring to as. Let's just get it quickly into the news, and we're not going to talk uh, long and hard about just the Ashen Willems incident. But, yeah, he walked off studio at Supersport. There's been a tremendous amount spoken about about this in social media and in, in the original news. Um, yeah, just overall, there's a lot more to tell in this story. And um, I guess my main comment is just that it's a real pity because it's uh, just a divisive element in the community. We're not going to give you our opinion one way or the other. There's a lot more to happen. But yeah, guys, it's uh, a real shame. I ever went down and uh, whoever's right or wrong, a lot more to come, I guess. If, if, there's any, if you guys have a quick two cents to add in, in terms of that, we don't want to talk about it much. I, th- I think we'll rather wait till more information comes out about it. Yeah, yeah I think um, my uh, comment echoes yours. It's just, it's, I think it's very important that all the facts get fully laid out so that people can to make um, informed stances on the issue. You know, at the moment, there seems to be a lot of speculation and people jumping to conclusions in support yeah. of certain pol- people without yes. actually knowing the full situation. So. Yes. Uh, ben, you guys are going to check yeah. out something there? Yeah, and uh, one and well said, but um, 
We presume, however, this pans out, Supersport is going to be looking for new broadcasters in yes. the near future. So yes, that, that, that I presume, is Yeah, I presume the big wigs at Supersport are now sniffing around for for young talent, shall we call ourselves that? Yes. So, yeah, if, yes. you got, if you guys want, obviously, just just tweet us or, or send us an email, you know, and, uh, yeah, we, we can we can negotiate our fees. Yeah, we, we are here to support the South African rugby community, and in particular, Super Sports. We've got uh, the Western Cape region covered big time, and I know that uh, a lot of multi-choices coverage favors that area, just a large audience, so we're set there. Um, I got Joba covered uh, as well. So, Super Sports, if you're there, this is our come and get me plea. Uh, please come through. Yeah. Matt, Matt, do you actually, have Multi-choice multi actually have their corporate headquarters in Mauritius for reasons <laughs> that are quite obvious. Indeed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, multi-choice, obviously, it'll, it'll really help having me here, I think. So, so we, we are. We, we all sorted. We, we're ready to jump aboard. Alex, who's not here today, unfortunately, has, Thank you. Thank you offered, to, yeah, has offered to work for free. Um, yes, But I'm going to... I'm going to need some sort of monetary compensation uh, for yeah, my time. Yeah, so okay. yeah. I've got to put it out. Yeah. I've got to leave my lucrative uh, content writing career. And also, Matt, Matt, I think you could be our talent identification scout out by the George area. I mean, you produce the likes of CJ Stunder. So I, I'd hope, especially from the prop perspective, forward perspective, I hope I'm not boxing you in. But I think from you'll be able to identify some quality talent in that respect. Yeah, just loiter around McDonald's sort of after hours and see who pitches up. <laughs> That's that's how you spot a good prop. Ah, this one, he's hungry. <laughs> right. Um, I guess moving on, talk, talking of hungry, Steve Hansen, he's just named his all-black squad. Um, interestingly, five centers, uh, but even more interestingly, three new caps, Jordan Taifur, uh, well-deserved, high-quality player. The bolter, Shannon Frizzell, uh, he failed you at fantasy draft, Matt, whenever you brought him in, he didn't do so great for you. But he's in the, the squad there. And uh, then Triple T, uh, Teitora uh, Toirangi. He's also in the squad there. If Alex is here, he might be correcting me on that. Uh, Chaps is very briefly, very interesting. I feel a little bit sorry for Brad Weber. He was kind of the um, the guy who might, might have taken um, Kuobalo's spot as the third scrum half. But um, Toya Toirangi, he's kind of come in there. Interesting, i say the least. Yeah, interesting that Weber starts more games than Triple T. So... Mm. It's maybe it's a similar thing that Papier might make the Springbok squad, even though Warner or Fonsale don't. But I think there's obviously you know they obviously see a lot of future in the guy, and they've been talking about him a lot. But it is it is does seem to be a bit harsh to you know I mean Brad Weber probably Pulu as well. He's playing, been playing good rugby. Yeah, I think Pulu is just uh, age is a bad factor. But Ben, it's a quick word about Jordan Tafua. Well deserved. I'm actually even I'm not even a Kiwi fan, but it's actually quite pleasing to see a guy like him picked. He's always yeah. Yeah, I, I, I rate Tafu. He's, he's not as big as uh, like Kieran Reid or um, Akira Ioni, who I presume were the two people. Well, I presume uh, Akira and Tafu were competing for that spot. Uh, yeah, Akira. Um, yeah, just, just, uh, sorry, Ben, to interject. Akira, he's kind of like um, an associate. I, I can't remember the word they used. He is kind of involved in the squad, but it's like kind of a non-playing member. In a way, yeah, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. like a, a non, a non, like a non-selectable. Yeah, yeah I, like I, I don't, I, I forget how they phrase it. But yeah, he'll sort of follow them around, and I presume he'll train, <laughs> but he he won't. He's not eligible for selection, I don't think. Yeah, but but you never know because they actually at eighth man they don't have a lot of mm -hmm. cover. No, because, yeah. Um, 
but generally on the squad, I would say it's quite a quite a conservative squad. Mm. They seem to have kind of picked on past experience rather than Super Rugby form because obviously Akira's not there, and to me he's the maybe in the last few weeks his form has dipped a bit, but throughout the season I would say he's been the form eighth man in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and also um, Ben Lamb. Uh, he also scores tries for a living. Ah, very Just unlucky. Um, so yeah, um, I would say those those are probably the most notable omissions. And then yeah, I, I was hoping to see a few more new caps because France isn't. I can't see. Nah. It's not. I wouldn't say it's. It's it's a mm. tournament they could afford to kind of cap a few players and give people a few experience and so uh, a bit of experience a few experience god be <laughs> yeah yeah france though is their bogey side i mean mm. it's always that side that if any side's gonna beat new zealand out of nowhere it's always france with some especially yeah, in a world cup but but it's also because this is probably the last the last uh, tour of the year, well, the lo- the last international games, which you can really tweak your, you can really try stuff out before you sort yeah, of have to stabilize your team to make a run into the World Cup. I would mm. say, yeah, rugby, yeah, rugby championships essentially going to be the your World Cup squad. Can we see yeah. the rugby? Yeah, and I think uh, rugby. Oh, sorry, a bit loud there. Uh, rugby championship next year, um, in particular, is going to be a bit bit intense. Um, Are they playing it next year? I think so, but the probably be a shortened one. Yeah, spot on, Ant. I was thinking probably probably the same thing. But Matt and Ant, that's actually a quick point to ask you. They they picked five centres. Um, I think it was Lamapi, Sunnyville Williams, uh, ALB, Anton Leonard Brown, DDO two. For those of you who haven't been listening, that's uh, Jack Goodhue. Wait, did I get that right? Jack Goodhue. Yes, it is. And the fifth centre, I must admit, I can't I can't recall the fifth name. But Hansen said that... Crotty, Crotty, thank you. Crotty, yes, Crotty, no, thank you. No, you got it. Thank you very much. And And, and Charlie Knight is a centre, essentially, as well. Did we say that? Yeah, but he wasn't called up. He's not in the squad. No, no. God, imagine imagine being able to leave out a player like Knight. I love him, though. They've left out Knight. Yeah, no, they have. They've left out the man. I mean, like... But who? Out yeah, of those, so leave out Ben Lamb. They're going to leave out Nighttime. Yeah, out of those, out of those five, who's the guy you leave out? They have to leave out one at the next squad pick. I, I, uh, tough, very tough on all those players. Um, tough uh, I reckon, I reckon Sonny Bull. No, he's going to be picked. Hansen's he's gonna, definitely going to be picked. Yeah, they love him. It's, I would say he's but solid. But I, like I understand, like you know what, he's playing quite good rugby at the moment, but he's just a bit like he's not the future. Yeah, but he's, I don't know, him and Crotty, that, that, that's the axis that, that Hansen, I think, has in mind. Yeah. Also, Crotty must be mm. close to sort of hitting, like, he's been concussed like four times just this season. Yeah, yeah, Crotty's Daniel Bryaning it hard. Um, Crotty, I'd say we must probably going to drop Anton Leonard Brown. Yeah. Just on, Tough call, Jesus. Just on looking at the pedigrees of the guys. I'd harsh, but by like, like 12 and 13, which is quite useful. Mm. I don't think I mean good played a bit of twelve, but not not nearly as much as LB. So yeah. it's tough. All three are five of sorry are playing good rugby. I mean, like that's the thing. All five of them are essentially, except for yeah. I mean, they largely all known for their twelves. Yeah, they're mm. not, all five of them are known for playing at twelve. So it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and uh, just a quick quick question, and how does uh, Mullins get in the squad ahead of Lamb? I think maybe it goes to Ben's point about conservative selection. Uh, if I'm Ben Lamb, I'm 
feeling a little bit filthy about it. Miles Scott has only just come back from two serious injuries. Well, I mean, for a start, they're not competing for the same position. Uh, Lamb's a left wing, and Miles Scott is right wing slash oh, fullback. Uh, and um, the analyst, yeah, well played, yeah. They're like, but I, I do think it's interesting how light they've gone for kind of big left power wings. Um, mm. I would have thought they would, have, you know, they got Rico, but like they don't really have another option besides him. So I thought that would have, that's quite interesting. I mean, they've gone for a lot of right fullback mold type players. I mean, they've got Barrett, they've got yeah. um, Ben Smith, they've got. Um, no, they guy. Like they've got a lot of guys that can cover that kind of good under the high ball. Isn't the Holo my guys? Hmm? He's also a right wing. Uh, is he also a right wing? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, see, I don't pay attention to that. I'm going to address that. Yeah. Um, so, so my perspective, if Ben Land does have a, a reason to be bummed, because like they're picking a guy that's surplus to requirements in a position that like they actually, you know, at the expense of him, who would be in the position they need. Hmm. Well, I know that I've messed up and not picking left wingers more in my fantasy sides. So that's what I've learned from doing this podcast. Always pick the left winger. They're going to get more ball. Uh, moving on. Yeah, I mean, left wingers are traditional. Yes. Uh, sorry, pardon me to cut you off, Ant. I think yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're moving on there. Uh, moving on. Owen Franks, two weeks banned, just like his buddy Joe Moody, uh, apparently for a swinging arm to James Parsons, who was taken off the field. No time, Umang, he wasn't happy about it. And Steve Hansen did say about... Franks and Moody being suspended, they should uppercut themselves, which I thought was pretty intense. Uh, Rory Arnold. Can I just say something about uh, the Franks suspension? Yes. I don't know if you guys were watching it, but no, so he was not. actually, the foul play was seen on the field. Yes. And then it was, it was, it was brought up to the TMO. But then yeah, the, ref no, the GMO was, brought it up. The GMO brought it up. Right? The GMO so brought it up and then the ref overruled them saying it was too long ago, yeah. Mm. Yeah, basically the people say because there was a stop and play, there was a line out between the TMO pointing out the foul play and the well, there was a line out basically between the foul play and the TMO pointing out the foul play to the ref. Yeah, because so yeah, so basically it meant that even though there was clearly foul play, probably a possibly a red card, I would guess. Yeah, Maybe yeah, definitely. The slicing panel said red card offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but because uh, of the. Because an event had happened between it, mm. that meant that um, the ref couldn't take any on-field action, which I think is a bit stupid because the foul play still happened. But I kind of understand the logic because you don't want kind of guys picking over yeah. the footage and saying, oh, in minute three, this guy did that, so you <laughs> must send him off even though it's the 65th minute or whatever. I always it's thought the it was same two phases. Yes, yes, Matt? Sorry for it's the same as the guys who do... When you take a quick conversion before the TMO gets called for oh, your yes. sketchy trial, yeah, it's the same thing. You've got to do the that, next that, formal step. That doesn't step. make sense. I mean, if the, the kickoff hasn't happened, you should be able to go, even if they've taken a quick conversion. No, I know, I know, I know, but it's the same. It's no. the same loophole. No, I, it's the I always, same loophole. Logic. I always thought it was two phases, uh, but I think even it's interesting phases even... for a knock. Oh, okay, touche. Yeah, thank, thank, build up to a trial, you can TMO any foul play anywhere in, in the movement. But you can only file, you can only check knock-ons within two phases okay, okay. of the try. So if there was a knock-on and then 25 phases later there was a try, <laughs> they can't check that knock-on. If you kick someone in the head in the first, like, and then you turn it over and then you went and scored, yeah, like, well, you it doesn't matter. Phases, Storm was about 25 phases. Uh, Rory Arnold, quick mention. He, uh, the Brumbies, they tried, as I saw, they tried sneakily taking him off the field, but good on the referee. <laughs> you saw him, he was like heading down the tunnel. I'm like, wait, why is he going down the tunnel? He was all the way down the tunnel. Yeah, no, all the way down why the was tunnel. He, 
why was he going for an HIA? That was just shoulder into head. Like, uh, I, what? I, I, the Brumbies are trying to put a fast one. Respect, mad respect for for having the balls to do it, but he got carded. He's out for three weeks. Now, just a quick final uh, couple of things. Well, I, I just want to yes. mention on that. Um, he was halfway up or all the way up the tunnel for an HIA. Surely, Janchi should have been right behind him because if you're taking a red card offense of a shoulder against your head, you should at least go for a token HIA. No, but the, this this is the thing with Janchi. It's like we, we mock his haircut, but actually it's for strategic purposes. Like he's naturally a very conservative guy and would prefer just a standard short back and sides. But his haircut actually diverts energy away from his head. Like it's it's the it's genius system. And, and frankly, we, we should employ it with all our players. Yeah, yeah he took it He took uh, it like a man. Uh, just hard two pieces of news before we move into this weekend's game. Saracens, they've beat Wasps 57-33 in a record-breaking uh, Aviva Premiership semi-final. They're going to be facing the Exeter Chiefs, the defending champions, who beat Newcastle 36-5. And the Pro 14 Lancer, they got past Munster uh, in their Pro 14 semi-final. The Scarlets, who destroyed the Cheetahs, they beat the Glasgow Warriors 28-13. So, it's a Scarlet versus... What are my notes here, sorry? Leinster final. Leinster. Thank you, sorry. Oh. And, and they're going to be playing at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. So, uh, like that's going to cover it. Uh, for news, and now at the moment you missed out one card. You missed out one card, though. What? You missed oh, Tavita Nabura. Have they ruled yeah. on him? By the way, in terms of his. No, well, they've cited him. They've cited him. They yeah, given and the Warrens and, and they're not yeah. taking it that seriously because they won the game. So funny, but yeah, but. Do you, well, before, look, I think we'll talk about this when we get to that game. Uh, but I want you to think about, did he do it on purpose? That's the question I'm going to ask all of you. And I've since seen it, and it's a little bit odd. So, first, first game of the weekend, we had the Hurricanes, who seemed to... who Was it you, Ben? Or Alex? You said that they, they, they play at the level of the opposition and win. Pretty much. Uh, I think that sounds too intelligent for me. It was probably Alex. No, don't, don't pick up Alex. He's not here. So we can't, we can't say we mustn't. Yeah, but, but last time we were so harsh and he took it a bit personally. Yeah, he did. But the Hurricanes, <laughs> they came out four point winners over the Queens and Reds, 38 34. A, not a bad performance by the Reds. I think a, a shitload better compared to the Sunwolves a week before. There are a couple of soft tries conceded by the Queens and Reds. But, uh, and I'm going to shoot this to you. The fact that, I mean, please pardon me, I can't remember the center's name for the Hurricanes who was about to get carded, and TJ Perinara got in his ear, as did the TMO, and the referee Ben Skin, who I'm a fan of, he's had a, a couple of horror couple of weeks, reversed his decision, should have given, uh, I think it was Dagunu, a yellow, arguably for holding the player back for power play, but ended up giving a, a what was it? A, a, a knock-on as well. Like, it might have been a 40-point sque- point swing or something like that. A, a little bit farcical, but just your thoughts, just on the game overall. I unfortunately was very deep in an exam at like the whole of Friday morning, so I didn't catch what? catch the, the game. The, the only comment that I can insert though was the <laughs> great great non tackle by Perinara on the Tongan Thor down the touchline. That's about the only kind of contribution I can make on this game, unfortunately. But it was there was someone compiled a bit of a replay of it, and it was okay. a very very nice Raymond Rule impression of him lining up the tackle and then deliberately just diving straight into the floor to avoid him. Um, before he set up that try. Okay, well, that, that saved you from criticizing you for putting academics before rugby. Um, but we'll, we'll maybe talk about this off-air. But uh, Ben, 
And Matt? I'll take my pen. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I didn't... The, the raids were vastly, vastly improved from the previous week. Uh, the scrum was solid. Uh, uh, the Tongan thought, Taniele Tupo, really, really good around the park, really. And I told Alex not to put him in his fantasy side, so I feel a bit bad for that. Not really, though. Um, I, yeah, I but, told him to put it in. Yeah, but, but with, with that... Because this is something I don't understand. Like, a penalty should be for contravening the rules of the game. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. A knock-on's just a mistake. Yes. So there, there, should, there shouldn't be a situation. Say someone's under knock-on advantage, but then say, say you have knock-on advantage, but then you commit a penalty foul. You shouldn't go back to the knock-on. It should be the penalty. Because surely a penalty should trump a knock-on, even if you're under advantage. Yes. Yeah. 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 But that's, but but because that's, that's what that's what happened with that Dalguni holdback thing. His penalty play, his cheating, essentially got cancelled out because of a mistake made by the Hurricanes. To me, that doesn't that that doesn't make sense within the rules. Was, yeah. There was. I'm trying to think. Wasn't there a dodgy call before that? I'm trying to think, and I think there was a slightly dodgy call going the other way earlier. And I think the ref was. Balancing his account book at that point. Yeah, oh, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it was a. I wouldn't say it was a good game, but it was definitely yeah. an exciting game. Yeah, I, was, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching. A, I didn't actually. Uh, I had to go. Um, I had to go for like twenty minutes during the, during a bit, but I, I caught it up. Yeah, it was good. Good to yeah, watch. It was an interesting. It was an, an interesting game. More interesting than you'd expect Hurricanes versus Reds to have been. That's true, but uh, Tanela. Tupo, how's that handoff? It's, it's always a beautiful sight seeing a big prop. And, uh, before he signed for the Reds a few years ago, there was all those YouTube videos doing the rounds of his amazing skills in, um, I don't know if it was uh, Queensland domestic or schoolboy rugby, but he kind of showed a bit of that to, in this game. Uh, I think, who was the player that he had? I think it was uh, Mill Scudder. He just gave him the big don't yes. argue. And then nice little offload. It, it was quite beautiful to watch, uh, I must admit. And I think Brad Thorne... He's building something there, which is, in a way is quite exciting. And Simon Karevi had a good game, which upset me because I dropped him from my fantasy team. So I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. But a, a little bit of a tough one for, for the Reds. They didn't play that badly, but the Hurricanes managed to get over the line. 38-34. Moving on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been looking forward to talking about this game. Because I was very ha- very glad Excuse me, that the Storm was lost. Sunwolves, 26. Stormers, 23. And uh, last week... As you heard, we we all did a bit of an awoo to varying degrees of success. I think mine was pretty poor. But uh, Matt, since you are our resident uh, master of wolves here on the podcast, can you please give us an awoo for the Sunwolves for beating the Stormers? I think I've officially changed it to the hey woo because of the Haydar and he's winning drop goals. So. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Hey woo! Nice. Nice. Um... Look, talking from the Stormers' perspective, look, first of all, massive credit to the Sunwolves. I think they're a well-coached team. Um, also, Hong Kong looked lovely by that little stadium that they played in. I was like, oh, I could play there. That could be quite nice. But yeah, the Stormers were devoid of ideas. They capitalized on mistakes. And uh, JJ Engelbrecht, managed, the bounty hunter, managed to get a try, which is always upsetting. Dylan Lane's actually played quite well. But uh, speaking to the Cape Town-based guys, um, Anton Oh, I was going to say Ben, sorry, since you're by the sea, I, I wrongly associated with you, but, but I, I apologize. And 
What's going wrong with the Stormers? I kind of feel that they should do a clear out from top to bottom. Coaching box, board, that sort of stuff. They're the worst, best, slash, best, worst team in South African rugby. They, I don't know, I'm very frustrated. I think that's a, a fair comment, and I mean, it's probably been applied for a while. I mean, you know, if you look at some of the guys that have been on their books in previous years that, that have been far more star-studded, and they've been probably equally disappointing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think what best sums it up is the last, three minutes of the Chiefs game last week, and then again the last two minutes of this week. So, I mean, the Chiefs game, they got within six points. They have the ball on their 22, two minutes on the clock. What do they do? Ten phases of passing to a forward pod. What do they do in the last two minutes of this game? That They, they managed to earn the draw, so they're 23 all. They're sitting on their own 10 meter. Again, five or six phases of one or forward pods. Like, you're chasing the game. Do something inventive. That's not the way you close. I mean, that's what you do when you're, like, four points ahead with two minutes on the clock. So, it just shows a complete lack of I don't know if it's a lack of on-field leadership to try and say, like, look, guys, this is how we have to win a game, or whether it's um, an issue of just not self-belief, or whether they're just like, you know what, a, a losing bonus point to the Chiefs is fine, or a draw against the Sunwolves is fine. But, you know, it's it's quite damning that, like, they don't seem to have any on-field ideas of how to win a game when they, you know, have the opportunity to. You know, I mean, kind of, I was watching, you know, the, the last minutes, I was just like, it's inevitably they were going to knock it on, turn it over, and the Sunwolves were going to have the chance to win the game, and, you know, they ended up doing it. It was... Yeah, very frustrating. I think Flecky hasn't proven himself much, to be honest. I mean, he was kind of a last-minute emergency coaching, you know, mm. application. Like, that's not exactly a great CV to start with. Um, you know, yeah, he had some success with under-21s and stuff, but like, there just seems to be a lot of confusion amongst the coaching staff with their roles. I mean, that that, that mid-season role reassignment where suddenly everyone is a different position and they've made up, you know, there's one coach is coaching for the first two phases and another coach is coaching phase three onwards. And it's just, there seems to be a lot of confusion. Hmm. And uh, I, I do want to ask, Matt, uh, personally speaking, what do you think is going wrong there? Um, I, my personal impression is that they've sort of got the kind of individuals SP Maria, he was excellent last season, but they're generally picking. And I, I don't mean to be derogatory about the players. I said I'm not. I'm not a rugby player myself, but they are average players at super rugby level. And I think as Ant has alluded to, the sort of schoolboy talent that Western Province is able to produce, just due to all the schools and whatnot that's based there, it's um, a lot falling through the cracks. And a lot of that has to go towards administration, forward thinking. I think Hat Small is facing a bit of a forward battle as someone who kind of is a half Stormer supporter. I know you're hearts of the Kings, personally speaking, but also being a part of George. Yeah. What, do th- what do you think is actually going wrong there? Do, um, Wakefield, do you think I it should did... go? Or... Yeah, I think it really is a, a top-down thing because, I mean, what's indicative of it is in his post-match interview, uh, Chris Van Sale, the, the interviewer, you know, said da-da-da-da, asked them about their plan and Chris immediately says, yeah, no, we managed to stick with our plan and all that. And, I mean, all of us were saying during that fucking game is either the Stormers don't have a plan whatsoever or they just can't get to it. But apparently they were coached to play a certain way and they thought they were playing that way on the field. So I really think the players at this point are so drilled into playing mediocre rugby that they don't even notice how badly they're doing at this point in time, I think. Yeah, Ben, there's something that just watching the Stormers, I managed to catch most of the game. It, there, there are slight hints of when the Springboks uh, were playing on adequate here. Uh, just, there, there seems to be a little lack of 5%, 5-10% effort. I mean, the guys, I mean, they're doing, they're playing. They're kind of, I think it's a bit of a subtle thing and maybe people won't agree with me, but I just kind of sense that 
there's a, a, a little bit of a lack of a motivation at the moment. I don't know. Do, do you do you agree with that? Do you think there's something else? Oh, I don't know. Like they seem to be like trying hard and stuff. Like they run. Hard. It's just it seems to be a more lack of creativity, a lack of ideas, anything like that. They just seem like 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 unless they physically break a tackle through strength. I can't see how they penetrate the the opposition line because they, they they fed off a lot of mistakes. Because to be honest, I don't think the Sunwolves were that great. Like if well, the Sunwolves played how, as... if the Sunwolves had played how they played against the Reds, they would have dicked on the Stormers properly. <laughs> like the Stormers are actually the Stormers are actually lucky they got kind of the Sunwolves on an off day, or it would have been properly embarrassing. The, the Stormers are lucky they got the bonus point. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, can I can I just pick up on your point about uh, sort of fielding kind of average Super Rugby players? Yeah, please. So so, so say a guy like SP Maria, he's <laughs> he, he's realis- realistically he's he's average. He's a place filler. Okay, wouldn't they be better off getting someone who's who you know has got real potential out of the under 19s or out of the under 21s? Put him in. Maybe he's whatever 85% of SP Maria. And you don't see results instantly, but in say three, four years, now this guy is shit hot. Because at the moment, like there's no kind of because maybe they need to acknowledge, like okay, we are in like a, a bit of a building phase at the moment, kind of clean clean house with all these kind of average guys. Be like, listen, if you're not if you're not kind of potentially in line to make the Springboks one day, fine, we don't want you in the team. Go, you know, go to France, whatever. We don't care. And then. Um, Fill them, fill the team with youngsters, and then really develop a like a start developing those players, blood them early, get them exposed to Super Rugby, get them exposed to the level, and then kind of in three, four years' time, then you'll have a really good team. Because I feel that's kind of what the Lions did, you know, when they got kicked out of Super Rugby and they had to go through like their dark days and stuff. They really got to kind of develop youngsters and stuff, and that's mm. probably what what leads to what has led to their success in the past few years. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Overall, yeah. very dis- disappointing performance. Yeah, Ant, you're gonna chip in there. No, I was, I was just gonna make the only comment is that if you bring in, say, a, you know, a talented 19 year old into a bad rugby culture, oh, and they lose continuity, that, that's not great for the development of that player. And also, you can't strip out every average player and just a player with an under 19 squad either. So it is, it is a careful balance when it has to walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Like but maybe, maybe I was, I was being a bit, I was being a bit nine year old is, is not the best long term plan. No, so like, you know, I, I do think it's for a balance between the two approaches. Yeah. No, spot on. I think, I think you both made very valid points and um, also, and I think you're absolutely correct. If, you, if you're debuting players into a losing culture, uh, that also sets them back. In many ways, I was trying to bring up a team where this was happening. I, I, I immediately go back to cricket for some reason when it comes to. Yo, this is this is Jacques Jacques Cullis. He was gold. He was golden, but the proteins didn't need gold. They needed iron, and he became iron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Matt, can I just part of point of view? I want to add something. One? I just want to add something. Um, old Rich Freeman had a chat to Hayden Parker after the game and hmm. Hayden Parker admitted that's the first time he managed to slot over a drop goal with his right foot is he left footed yeah. I've been paying attention sorry I'm, I'm sorry Haydar Haydar can do no wrong at the moment like he must go buy lotto tickets go propose to oh, how's that how's that hey, how's hey, that oh, oh, it's golden at the, he's walking on sunshine man like good he's on him walking on sunshine yeah he, says, yeah, he, he missed like he did a couple of practices yeah, it was, it was quite a skivvy uh, drop like, goal. He just doesn't. Miss, you know? 
yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I was like, he kicked it. I was like, oh, really? Is this going to go? And it went over. But I mean, he, he kind of like shanked it. In many ways, as Stephen Larkham did in 1999, which I'm still bitter about. Which is the same year um, we lost to Australia. Well, why? The, the, the Stormers were in drop goal range, but they didn't even yeah. seem to. Well, there's a quick yes or no question before we move on. Should the short Stormers have taken the draw? Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. Oh, well, fuck. Captain Hindsight says yes. But, um, yeah. Ben, yes or no? Given their strategy, no. yes. Yes. But yes. if they were any other team, no. Okay. No, the strategy is playing forward runners. So, in that case, the best scenario they could have got out of it was a draw. But, like, uh, realistically, they should have gone for the win. Yeah, I'm being a bit unfair. Matt, just a quick, quick final word. Yes or no on that one? Look, on, based on their log on the SA log, they should they had to go for the win. Touche. They no. should have they should have come up with a better idea, but they yeah. Yeah, I just hope that this loss now kills all that media talk of like we're still in it for the playoffs. Please, God, I really hope that doesn't happen. Right, moving on to the Blues versus Crusaders. The Crusaders they went out to a very big lead against the Blues in Auckland. I think it was thirty-two. I mean, I just watched the highlights. Yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah, and, and then the Blues came back and won, but almost pretty regular. Rico only, by the way, scoring a couple of class tries, so that's why he's in that's the All Blacks. On fire. Yeah. Uh, just any quick points? Uh, this is one of the games that I feel we could move on very quickly. I, I wasn't able to watch it unless you guys have something um, interesting to chip in. Yeah, um, at, the begin- at the beginning of the game, it was pissing with rain. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, and you know what? They still played a good quality, a good standard of rugby. There were obviously there, there were a few mistakes and stuff, but considering the conditions, they still put out a, they put out a spectacle. So yeah, I was very happy with both teams. And the Blues are almost almost there. They just need, oh, I don't know. They they seem so close to kind of coming together. Hmm. They've yeah. certainly improved throughout the season. Yeah, the Blues. Yeah, um, yeah, they're getting better. What I thought was interesting is that most of the tries in the game were forwards tries. Um, I don't know if that was an indication of the wet weather or just that you know it was quite a nutritional game, but it was yeah just mm. an interesting observation. Thought. Uh, Matt, quite a lot of more. In, any thought? Or thought on this one? No, no, not really. Yeah, it was a cut and look. It was yeah. I mean, the cut and dry game. It wasn't that much controversy or anything interesting, besides of course old Frank's. Beaning Parsons. Yeah, well, yeah, we've uh, kind of discussed that. But, yeah, um, yeah, just what what I think what you said, and um, if the Blues kind of had all their personnel up front, I think they would be doing a little bit better. I don't know about how much. In in particular, the New Zealand Conference, maybe they would have gotten better results um, against the Stormers in Cape Town or something like that. But, yeah, the Blues, they've kind of suffered an interesting... Leon McDonald? Is that the correct name? Yeah, I saw that. The new, the new coach? Yes, new assistant coach. He's been given a three-year contract, while Tana Umanga has been given a one-year extension. So it's, uh, mm. I, I think they've told Tana it's uh, playoffs or bust next year. So very interesting. I think the Blues represent, I think, the Western Cape or maybe the Cape Town metropolitan area in terms of the amount of talent they produce, and they're not clicking. So more very interesting to watch. Now, moving on to... <laughs> Yeah, geez, uh, we'll call it the uh, Nibiru incident. The Waratahs, they hammered the Highlanders 41-12 and ending the 39-40 game losing streak that the Australian teams have been suffering against the New Zealand opposition. So uh, I'm glad this happened. I'm also very glad that when we come to the Super episode... Sorry? 
as a Lions supporter, you shouldn't be glad because now it means that the Warriors are going to probably finish second on the log. Well, you know, what what I value more is being able to go to I Told You So Island because I was the only one <laughs> who was able to pick the Waratahs and I had no discernible reason to. But in all seriousness, um, they were up for it. They took advantage of the opportunities. Bird of Foley was excellent. I know we remarked a couple of weeks ago that he seems to be a little bit off the pace. He stepped up and uh, look, I'm very glad for the competition as a whole, but look, that, I think we've got to mention that red card. As I asked you guys, do you think Nabura meant to kick um, Clark in the face? It seems that way. He really made He was it. looking at him. He yes. was looking he in that direction. He made an effort to reach him with his leg. I don't know. Well, yeah, for me, I watched the replay quite a few times, and it, initially I was like, you know, you're jumping, it's probably fine. But I think the thing is that he, he looks at the guy, oh. his leg is bent, and as he comes down, he deliberately extends it towards the player. And I think... On that evidence, it's probably difficult to say he didn't intend to do that. Like, he could have quite easily gone down without putting his boot in the guy's face. Oh, ben, if you were if you were Cam Clark, do you think that Nabura tried to kick you in the face intentionally? Um, one thing, if he did, I, gotta, I have to praise his coordination because I can barely <laughs> jump up and catch a ball. Like, jumping up, catching the ball, kind of getting your awareness and kicking a guy in the face. That's, he should quit rugby and join, like, st- become a stunt double or something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, did, it didn't look good. No. But I, I want to say Ben Smith has a similar kind of technique when he goes up for a high ball. Like, he sort of has his leg in front of him as a bit of a... The issue is, did he extend his leg? Like, did he go towards the bed. It didn't it didn't seem like the most solid obviously he kicked him in the face. Like there's no getting around that. But it didn't seem like the most solid connection when you actually watch it in real time. It wasn't like he Cam Clark was just sleeping. Like Cam Clark didn't even fall over. Like so yeah and but also, like, sometimes when you slow something down, it just looks a hell of a lot worse. That's true. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, and that's very true. Same as, just to go back to cricket, you know, it tries to do catches in slow motion. It creates a whole lot of doubt. But, look, either way, I, I do think the Burra should... What do the coaches say? You've got to control the controllables, and you should never put yourself in the position to make... to leave the referee to make that sort of decision. On you. And then Aaron Smith, yeah. I, I didn't see his knockdown, but then they're down to 13 minutes. That, that was a knockdown. Yeah. Was, it? A card yeah. was that legit? Uh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, in, in line with what what has been a okay. yellow card this season, that was definitely a yellow card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there was no attempt to catch it, slap the ball down. There's not much. Yeah, I mean, in, 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 in line with every other knockdown yellow card this season. Um, all right. Well, guys, just a quick, quick final comment on this game, if you have anything else to add before we move on. Yeah, um, obviously I'm not their biggest fans, but good on the Tars. Like, I almost thought when, cause, cause they were in actually good shape before, uh, Nabura even got sent off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God, now the weight of expectation is even like greater on them. But then they, they, they pulled through. So yeah, well, well done. Um, hopefully this means, a a resurgence for Australian rugby, because I do think that a good Australia means a good South Africa. Because yeah. you need, yeah, you know, also, you're only also, you're only as good as your rivals. So hopefully, it also means Argentina picks up as well, and then yeah, maybe we have a we have a tough rugby championship. But hopefully, it means we come into the World Cup well well hardened. Let's say that. That Southern Hemisphere top four again, eh? Yeah. Well, personally, yeah, you are. 
we're going to get. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely getting that. But, yeah, good on the Waratahs. They put him away. And uh, I laugh. Like, maybe they're going to win, like, five in a row now against Kiwi teams. Now they've broken the hoodoo. I mean, we wish. But we'll see what happens. Now, moving on to Durban, where the Sharks... I managed... I was at a surprise engagement party. But I, somehow I managed to catch a lot of this game and the Lions game. As the Sharks came out 28-24 winners over the Chiefs, and I think that scoreline flattered the Chiefs. I know Sodom and Alamalu, he scored a last-minute long-range try um, in, in the last minute. Overall, it's a quick thoughts from me uh, before I'd like to get you guys' view. Good performance by the Sharks, bit of a scrappy game, and I'm going to say it now, I, I believe that the best team in South Africa now is the Sharks, followed by the Bills. I don't think, I know we're going to get into the Lions game, but I know the Lions won, but I, I really hope the Sharks kick on. I, I really do think they can make a dent. Uh, in the playoffs. Uh, thoughts, comments on the game? Ant, we'll start with you, since you're never going to the A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm the only Shark supporter in the group. Uh, well, oh. We can get into the... Oh, snap. Jeez. Okay, yeah, Region well, versus... Before we, before we continue, I would just like to say I apologize for everything that we've ever said about Sharks. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't apologize. In fact, I, I double I double all the hatred I've thrown. Okay, well... All right. What well, Ben said. What I, Ben said. I have to be a diplomatic one, but Ant, we're very glad that you're here because we've been incredibly harsh on the Sharks, and particularly myself, uh, living in Johannesburg. I do feel that half of Durban, um, in in many ways, seems to live in Johannesburg. I know that's not true, but I've gone. I've been to Lions games against the Sharks, and there's just like a shipload of Sharks fans, and they're everywhere. Cape Town, Durban, Pretoria. There are Sharks fans everywhere. So, actually, being a Sharks fan. Um, how how do you think the team's progressing? Uh, it's a, like I know the conference is very close, but as a as a neutral, <laughs> I think I dislike the Stormers more than the Sharks. But I, I it's it's a, it's appearing to look pretty good. So how, how are you feeling about the Sharks? Uh, look heading towards the playoffs. I think they're starting a good shot at, at getting there. Yeah, I, mean, I think most people would agree that if there were to be a final played in New Zealand now and a South African team had to fly out, I think most people would say the Sharks have got the South African's Ooh, best uh, chance. Yeah, I like, understand. Yeah, they've got the They've got the blueprint of probably the strongest game plan, but the issue is just getting it to work. Like, you know, for example, on, on Saturday against the Chiefs, or, you know, the Sharks, they play this game where every player can offload beautifully out the hand. And that's great when it clicks, and like against Ireland as it did, because you just get line breaks constantly, you know, and you just can't stop it. But like now against the Chiefs, if you knock on every two out of three offloads, then you're not going to be dominant in the scoreboard. So I agree when you say that the scoreline flattened the Chiefs. And I mean, the Sharks were way dominant. Two mm. of the Chiefs tries came from, you know, it was a line-out overthrow and interception. The Chiefs were not in the game. But because the Sharks, every time they've gone through any two, they dropped the ball. I mean, I think they had like three tries over the try line where they dropped it or knocked it on or whatever. Like, but I think, you know, that's the thing for the Sharks. I think if they, if they can just get that handling, maybe even tone down the offloading game, just get that balance a bit better... I definitely think then they're ninety percent of the way to being a, a, a really, really strong side. Um, you know, I think longer term the Bulls are gonna track there, probably just because Mitchell's got a bit more coaching experience. Mm. Um but like, you know, I think the Sharks and the Bulls are definitely the two South African teams on the up. Um and yeah, going into next year if they both have solid curry cups and stuff like and can retain their squads, I think there's quite a lot of, of good things to, to expect out of those two teams. Uh, uh, Matt Ben, did you guys catch uh, much of this game? Yeah, I caught a I caught a bit of it, even mm. though I was at a wedding. But you know, priorities. <laughs> well played, yes. 
Yeah, I didn't um, do anything social and I caught nothing, so go for it, Ben. Oh, God, man. Um, yeah, he's putting uh, in the uh, position. Yeah, um, just uh, basically, just to echo Ant, like the Sharks were, oh, they were like 95% there. They just weren't kind of clicking at the last minute. But yeah, I, I do think they, they were they were dominant in that game. Just something in terms of the Sharks' balance. I know I mentioned it a few weeks back. But I I don't think they they don't have a basically they don't have a fetcher, so they just struggle on defense. Like teams are like able to like just accumulate phases against them, and then if you put enough phases against a team, like a gap's going to open up. So I do think like uh, like obviously I'm a massive fan of Thunderbolt and the Bash Brothers, even though like I've I have been quite harsh on Dan, especially at Springbok level, but. Um, I do think they're going to have to, if they really want to kind of compete, if they had a fetcher, I feel they would become so much more difficult to attack against, which would make, yeah, which would just generally improve their game significantly. That's a very fair comment. I, I agree with that. Like the Sharks' defense for the most part is solid. But it is it, it struggles after many many phases. So yeah, so if you've got a player that can all, all, all defense struggles after a lot of phases. Like you know, if a team stick like putting together phases in your twenty two, you're gonna struggle. But they don't they don't have a, a way to sort of break the cycle, which the exactly. line. Well, they've got Am. Like. <laughs> they got Am, and Akers occasionally gets over the ball. So yeah, yeah it's not, you, you need someone that's dedicated to that role. I agree. I think that that's maybe the the missing link in the Sharks picture. And just catching the offloads. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's almost like they're attempting to play a little bit too quickly for themselves at this point. But uh, personally speaking, they they seem to have all the tools. Uh, TDT uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. He's slowly getting to his work uh, at on the tight uh, as a tight head. Uh, in the loose, he's always been quality. So yeah, I think as a Sharks fan, I don't know. Sharks fans seem to. Uh, they're weird. Apologies, and but um, <laughs> no, no, no. yeah. So I don't know. If you're a Sharks fan, I think you should be positive and well played. They did dominate the game. I know Charlie uh, Nayatai. He scored um, an intercept try, and Alamara scored right at the end. So those are really off errors in late game sort of stuff. So of course, there was an overthrow at the lineout. I mean, it was just directly into the guy's head. Yeah. I mean, all three. They're like. But yeah, I think the, the coolest thing that I'm taking from this game is that two weeks in a row, you've had three, each front row player offloading to each other that set, a, set up a try. That's true. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah, the try was great. And the Sharks have beaten three of New Zealand's five teams, and they should have beaten the Hurricanes as well. They were the better yeah, side in that game, which was, I, I remember following that. That was BS. So, do, do you reckon Akers will be the Springbok hooker? Whew, he'll be in the squad. Yeah. I, I, it's it's a tough decision, I think. I mean, I, I reckon the the three Springbok hookers should be Uckers, Strauss, and probably Bismarck. And then, I mean, and then maybe they'll only take one of Bismarck or Strauss and take like Chili Boy well, for like I a thought, salt. I thought Strauss is retired. He yeah, but there's he's, he's, made, he's made himself available now again or something. Oh my God! Just yeah. retire. Oh God, <laughs> this pisses me off so much. Sorry. Let, yeah. Let, yeah, I mean, I think Akers is a very attractive option. I mean, he's definitely head and shoulders above everyone else at the moment, given that, that uh, Marks is injured. Um, and so whether he starts or not, I mean, Akers is a 55-minute, 60-minute replacement is a beautiful thought off the book bench. So, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll probably be a bit bummed out if he goes to the World Cup 
benching for Marks, having left the, the Lions to get away from Marks. But you know, I think all in all, it'll be good for the Springboks. He definitely brings far more energy than anyone else we've got on offer. Like, Bungie off the bench does not bring the same impact. No. And uh, on that bombshell, let's move on to the Lions and Brambies. Uh, as I said, I was managed to catch a lot of this at the same party. My final, my only comment is that, um, yeah, we're not dealing with the same Lions team that we were dealing with. They they got the result. I think they played well. Also, congratulations to Elton Yankees. This was his 100th game for the Lions. And I know when he came out with this, I think I assume it was kids, he actually showed he particularly enjoyed that moment, which is nice. I love the players very stoic when appearing for a, a milestone appearance. They, they got the result done. They did concede a couple of soft tries to the best fullback in Super Rugby, Tom Banks, a right Ben. But I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rising to that bait. You're not rising to it. But, but he, he, he was very quick, though. I'll, I'll give yeah. him that. But that, that doesn't mean anything. Like Usain Bolt's probably a shit rugby player. <laughs> but yeah, uh, overall, the, the Lions got it done. But they were helped out, as we briefly mentioned, by Rory Arnold's uh, second yard card slash red when he shouldered Elton Yankees in the face, who, who got up like a man. And I think they, they got another yellow straight off. So the Lions do what they do, but I, I'm, as a Lions fan, my major concern is that the lack of depth, in particular in the loose, sorry, I know I sound like a broken drum, it is being exposed. Record. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Matt. Um, but yeah, Matt, overall, impressed, not impressed? Are we casual on this game? Oh, uh, yeah, I watched this one, actually. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, like I said yesterday, it took the Lions to have a two-player advantage to start doing Lions things and actually start scoring tries and all that. So, for, for I don't know, the Lions looked like they were almost treading water for a significant chunk of the first part of the game, and then once things started falling into place, then they switched to their go-to, which is rolling more, score a try, rolling more, score a try, rolling more, score a try, which you can't really fault because it obviously works. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that's the Brumbies' kind of only strength over the last couple of years was their more. And yeah. even that's gone to crap now, so now they can't even rely on that, and the Lions just decimated them there. Yeah. Uh, ben, you said he quiet, but yeah, I mentioned uh, Tom Banks. As a, you know, no, no, fuck Tom Banks. Rage. Whatever, like, even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. Um, <laughs> uh, but two nuts in one game at Ellis Park? Yeah, but what are the odds? And impossible, like I don't know. He should no, like I I still don't rate Tom Banks, and I won't ever rate Tom. I don't care what Tom Banks does. Like you know, you could save a child from a burning building. I'd be like asshole. Actually, like no, I I have no, I've no feel on Tom Banks' personality. I've never even heard him speak, but I just don't like the way he plays rugby. Um, yeah, the rolling mall, I. I don't like rolling malls. Like, I think it's, I don't, I think it kills rugby. And you know what gets me as well? When the crowd cheers, when a team goes for the, you know, goes for the line instead of kicking for poles. Like, how's watching a rolling mall more exciting than watching someone kick for poles? But yeah, whatever. But yeah, the line, the lines went back to, back to their basics. And I'm going to disagree with Matt here. And I think even if the yellow card slash yellow card red card, Hadn't it happened, the Lions would have still put them away because the Brumbies were seriously running out of puff towards the end. So, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I was just using that more as a marker point, but yeah, no, that's also fair. Yeah, well, look, I think we'll we'll leave it at there. Uh, we're starting to run up to our final time, so we can maybe very briefly get into the the game that ruined my Grand Slam point opportunity. 
for so I know it's all about me really but that's uh, that's that but yeah overall the Lions uh, they got the result done but there are significant doubts and I'm sure they're still a test wait so moving on to this last game um, I caught the it's part of me the Aguirre's versus the Bulls in Argentina the Aguirre's battering the Bulls 54-24 I caught the back end of the first half and the start of the second half thinking, oh, let me see how I'm doing with my, my pick of the Bulls. It was a terrible choice. The Argentinian side, they appeared to be playing with a lot more verve and just moving the ball very quickly. We're seeing now a completely different Yagi Ari side and the kind of team that I think the Super Rugby organizers and many of the fans expected to see. Nicolas Sanchez was excellent. Dal guy picked up two tries. Orlando, Orlando, excuse me, Boffelli, Cancelleri, Crema, and Sanchez, they all touched down as well. So, my major point is, while disappointed, I did not get my grand stand point, this is fantastic for the competition, and the South African Conference, Argentina might be the, the place for the South African Conference, the Julio guys able to catch much of this game. I saw some of it. Um, yeah, the, I mean, Creevy nearly scored a try within the first five, not even five minutes, off the Bulls' kickoff. Was it the Bulls' kickoff? I can't remember. But the Bulls had a shocking start, and yeah, they didn't look well. And one of my favorite comments I saw was, the Bulls managed to be narrow on defense, which on that field is especially impressive, because you've really got to be standing shoulder to shoulder on defense to be able to be noticeably narrow. I I did, I I managed to catch the highlights, but yeah, I did notice that the Bulls' defense was very narrow. Um but yeah, I think in general, it's just your comments are true. It's I think everyone is stoked that the Jaguars are stepping up and playing like the test side they actually are. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's great for the competition. It's great for unfortunately they're in the South African conference where it's now like gonna make things really really interesting and close. And unfortunately, mean we're probably gonna give away second spot, so we don't get a home semi. But yeah, everyone wants the competition to be tight where every game counts. So. If the Waratahs can inspire the Australian teams to win against the New Zealanders and you know the Jaguars are winning, then great for the competition. Cool. Ben, uh, anything to add? Uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't watch this game. It's like 2 in the morning here, so I wasn't I wasn't around. Um, but yeah, it looked like the uh, the Jaguars were really cooking. They were kind of breaking the line at will and yeah, really, really nice interpassing. So yeah. They're a real prospect. I, I would say, though, um, to use a computer game term, they're a bit overpowered or overjuiced. What's the word in computer games? OP. OP. Yeah, they, they just seem a bit like, like like it doesn't seem like now they're sort of hitting their straps. It doesn't seem fair almost. Because, you know, <laughs> I get, you know, I get like, what you're saying. Yeah, like South yeah, Africa has to compete with a fourth of their strength. New Zealand competes with a fifth of their strength, and now they get to be. So either maybe maybe if Super Rugby downsizes, then it'll become a bit fairer, or if they potentially split the Jaguars in half and then kind of upsize Super Rugby, I guess. But I mean, yeah, that, that uh, would be a better result for Argentinian rugby. I mean, having their whole team concentrated doesn't really allow for much talent development. Yeah, so that would require an expansion, which we're all a bit nervous about. Yeah, yeah. So may, maybe maybe looking looking forward. Because I, I think it would probably benefit Argentina more if it was actually two teams. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, but all um, yeah, good. They looked like it looked like one of the more exciting games of the week. But obviously, I didn't. I only got the try, so I don't really have context. For all I know, it was just 
continuous scrums between those tries. But yeah, it, it looked good. Yeah, and I think uh, on that, I think we're going to wrap up um, this review. I see there was yes, a, I said a lot of guys were poo-pooing the the way Pollard actually played at twelve, which is what we all were waiting for. And yeah, apparently it yes. didn't it so didn't look that. as good. Everyone seems to be not too happy with the, uh, just looking at the general sort of consensus on mm-hmm. Twitter this morning is that everyone seemed to be a bit down on the idea of Pollard at twelve. Do you reckon that's because they had a complete rookie at 10? Although from the highlights, LeBoc looked like they had a pretty good game at 10. But again, from the highlights, uh, you can't really... Judge. I mean, but I mean apparently the, yeah, the kicks from hand were ne- almost next to none and whatever. Someone was saying, I don't know, take it with a pinch of salt, but um, Pollard, I think, was functioning under the Kerwin-Bosch effect in that he wants to be 10 and thinks he should be 10. And so also wasn't necessarily giving it his all at 12, where someone else was playing in his position, so to speak. He was looking at it. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, well, um, like I said, that's, that's speculation, so don't... <laughs> yeah. yeah um, just, just one final thing before we go. Ants um, communicated to me a, a suggestion to maybe, maybe if they ban them all, because I think it's boring and it's Seems a bit unfair. Um, Ant's message and a suggestion. So, Ant, would you like to take us through it? Yeah, well, I was just responding to Ben's criticism of them all. Um, and granted, it leads to a fairly boring try. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to deny teams the positional advantage of getting to the five-yard line effectively. So my suggestion was you're still allowed to kick for the corner, but then you're allowed to opt to take a scrum or a line-out. Um, but you can't then more from the lineup. So, so ban them all, but allow teams to take the scrum from the lineup because then that pulls in a lot of defenders, et cetera, et cetera. So you can then have a five-yard scrum on the 15, opening up the back line, and you've got a decent blind side to work with. And then that'll at least allow for quite a pretty try. A pretty try. Which is kind of what Ben's criticism is, is that it Because yeah. yeah, I, I, I say any, any other time in the game, if you get in front of the ball carrier, it's an obstruction. Apart yeah. from when it's a ball, and then it's like, oh, great mall. Like, I don't know. Like, I know I was a, I was a forward, but to me, like a mall, it just, it's kind of, yeah. it, why create special circumstances for that part of the game? Also, you can mall, but uh, players, but then at the mall, there's no offside line, and you can just come around and just harass the guy at the back and stuff. Yeah, so that's my. Yeah. I think my, my only real criticism of them all is that, I mean, I, I don't hate it as a thing. I just think there are a lot of very intricate laws about it, about when you can change lanes, when you can't change lanes, when the players they stand off, when they engage. I think there is a fair amount of gray area around that. And I think the Crusaders actually scored a try where the guys kind of disengaged, but then they did engage, yeah. and then there was an awful line. And so that, that does make for it a, to be a bit tricky around the mall area. So, I mean, if... If they allowed teams to kick the territory and then take a scrum, like I wouldn't be completely against that and outlaw, outlawing them all at this, in the same time. Um, look, I don't, I don't want to get deep into this. I would not outlaw, outlaw them all. I happen to like them all. But, uh, yeah. Uh, no, Adam, that, that's, that's, that's because you've never been in a mall. Oh, also, Adam, Adam likes them all because he's a Lions fan. Yeah, that's kind of true though. That's where we get like half our. No, no, but, but if, if that scrum thing happened, it would still advantage. It would still be in a, a, the Lions' advantage, actually. Yeah, mm. yeah you're denying all those fantasy points, and think about that, guys. 
You're capping me, marked at the knee. It, w- it would reshape. It would reshape the world of fantasy if the world, if the mall was banned. Yeah, look, it would. if the mall was, do you know who else is incredibly against the mall? Who's also a hot topic of this weekend is old Nick Mallet. So, we, by the sounds of it, we in his camp as well, calling for that's the mall. And if we're going to try and take his place, exactly. Yeah. So at least, yeah. So, so does that does that mean I'll I'll take Nick's chair? Yeah. Me, apparently, apparently you the you the you the new Nick. Yeah. No, do you know what? Like, uh, I obviously people people have their opinions on sort of Nick's credentials as a player, blah blah blah. Let's not get turned. But I, I generally think Nick speaks a lot of sense. When, when I when I listen to Nick, I'm like, yo, this is insights I can't kind of think up by myself. So yeah, I I like Nick as a as a broadcaster. The rest of them, however, perhaps not so much. Well, we're here. We're here, Super Sport, as we've mentioned. Come get us if you ever need us. I feel like we've got, we 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 could probably coach the Stormers somehow, a little bit better. I don't know. We'll bring some new thinking, perhaps. To, to, ask to... ask Ant my my management credentials. And we won we won B League with me as the manager. Yeah, no, I mean I can 100% uh, stand by the culture that the Grand Dragon created for us. You know, I think having weekly. Sec- weekly tournaments to prove who's the better player drives, you know, internal uh, camaraderie, but as well as elitism, you know, making players push for themselves to be the best. So, but also, like, I've, I've already coached in a, in a 30 bad squad rolling sub environment, so I don't know how well my coaching skills will translate. We start at like super sport challenge level there, where rolling subs are a thing, will be much more, you know, familiar. So, you know, you've got building blocks, like, we, we, we don't have to start at the top job. Yeah, yeah, fair. But we did just say we could coach the Stormers. But at the moment, that's not a top job at all. So Yeah, yeah look, coaching the Stormers <laughs> is easy at this rate. Maybe, maybe if we coach the Stormers well enough, they'll let us coach Lions under 19 afterwards. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> happening with Jay Mangala. That's a whole separate issue. But uh, we, we're here. So on, on those notes, I think that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Elite Rugby Banter. And thank you very much for joining us. No, more than a pleasure. Good. And Matt, thank you for joining us. No worries. Ben, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, I, I do feel that you're the ideal man to lead us, all the Stormers, or Supersport, uh, knowing your management credentials. Yeah, but, but, but maybe I feel like I'm, I'm applying for two jobs, which is uh, like limiting my chances of either. So Supersport, I would prefer Mallet's panel job than Robbie Flex coaching job, yeah. incidentally. Yeah. And then the Jake White. And just pulling a Jake White all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, Alex pulled a Jake White for offering to do the job for free. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Please catch us on all the mediums. I was I was told by the guys that it's a long list. So if you are listening to us, you can find us out there on the interwebs, including Aircast, iTunes, and SoundCloud. But if you can catch us out, please do so. And we will be coming out with our Super Brew and Fantasy episodes. That I think Alex will be back for the Fantasy episode, but I, I do not speak for Mr. Alex. We, we shall wait. But I think we're going to have the same lineup for our Super Brew episode. So thank you for listening, and we will catch you later this week for the Super Brew episode. <laughs>